Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. And it dawns on me, see, the world, the world doesn't understand what we're doing in here this morning. They don't have the concept of what's going on. So because they don't understand it, they try to dismiss it. Even though they're invited into this, they're in the dark, they're in the tomb. We have stepped into the glorious light. We know what we're doing so we can come here this morning and we can get excited about worshiping Jesus, right? It's glorious. It's a glorious day. And even though the world may not understand and the world may not be listening, you know who is listening and who does understand? Jesus. But so do the demons and the devil. He knows what's going on here. He doesn't like what's going on here. But that's why we sing louder. And that's why we praise Jesus even louder. The darkness is trying to creep into the light in so many places in this world. But it ain't happening here. Because the glorious light has been revealed, has been unleashed. We praise Jesus, Father, Lord. What an amazing time of worship. What a glorious day we have today. This is the day the Lord has made to come together collectively and to lift up our voices in praise to you. Let that message be sent. Lord, make us loud enough that this entire community hears our praise. Because Lord, we know your will is to seek and save the lost. Your will is that none shall perish. So Lord God, give us that passion that excitement to not just sing in here, but to sing it into this community. Not just to edify each other here, but to let that light go into the community. Jesus, we praise this morning. You are all in all. You are everything. And we want nothing else, nothing less, nothing more than you, Jesus, the powerful, the mighty, the authoritative, the compassionate, the good name of Jesus. So today, accept our worship in spirit and in truth. And we lay it all down to you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone shout it out at the top of their lungs. Woo! I like it. Oh, I like it. My voice might be a little cooked after that worship set. But that's okay. It's going to be an awesome day. All right, let's just get the kids out of here. Let's just, we don't want to make them wait any longer. You guys, you guys can get going. Woo! All right, for you adults that are staying in here. <laughs> Oddly enough, for you adults that are staying in here, announcements, are, our first announcement is the slip and slide kickball that we're going to have. Yeah, we adults, we like that. We hope the kids are here because we need their energy, their speed, their good joints and ligaments, all of those things. But it's going to be a good time. It's, it's this coming Saturday, August 6th. It will be here outside, not inside, outside, 1.30 to 3.30, and, you know, the whole community is invited to this. So even if you're like, man, I don't know if I want to risk it, because that's how we start to think when we get to a certain age, risk, benefits, right? Do I really want to risk this? Um, come anyway and, and just hang out, holler, meet new people, hopefully all of those things. So mark that on your calendar. Also, Mike and Gail, they got hitched yesterday morning. Yes, they did. And uh, a week from today, after service, we're going to have a little reception for them. Um, going to be a barbecue, hot dogs, 
hamburgers. They're going to provide all that stuff. If you guys just want to bring a side or, and or a dessert, what, whatever, but please stick around. Even if you're like, well, I don't really know Mike and Gail, it doesn't matter. You could stick around and get to know Mike and Gail, but you could also get to know a lot of other people. Our church seems to love food. You're supposed to say hallelujah or amen. I don't care either one. And we've got a bunch of good cooks here. So the, the uh, potlucks and, and those things, they're, they're always well attended. They're, they're, always, they're always great. So uh, please plan on attending that. And then, of course, we have our backpack outreach going on right now. If it's for K through fifth grade, there's still plenty of backpacks out there. Please, please grab one and then uh, just follow the directions, fill it, put a note in there of encouragement, right? Just a card, whatever. Uh, no, you don't know who is going to get that backpack, but it doesn't matter. You can pray, pray God's blessing <coughs> upon that person anyway. Those backpacks are due August 14th. August 14th. So just grab them, bring them back. You can bring them back early, though. There's nothing wrong with bringing them back early. And then um, lastly, the prayer walk. Um, we've been doing a, a different prayer walk focus throughout the summer. We've done so many different places. We're trying to get all the schools covered because schools need prayer. So this week it will be at C.R. Anderson, right? So go out there, walk around it, pray. Um, if you can't get there, if it's just the weather's too cold, we're going to be saying that not too long. But we're going to appreciate some of those cold weather. Um, you can sit in your house and you can focus on C.R. Anderson and just pray for those kids, pray for those teachers. That's, that's a middle school, and middle school is such an awkward time. It's such a, just a hard time. It was, I hated middle school. We called it junior high, but those kids are under way different pressures than I ever was, and they're experiencing things. Man, we, I never saw the things they experience now, right? That was college-level stuff. Now it's middle school stuff. So we got to keep these schools in our prayers. Just keep them all in your prayer. But please focus on C.R. Anderson this week. All right, four ways to give. Um, always four ways to give online. Bridge Helena, you can text. Text the amount to 84321. You can use our giving boxes back there. Um, or you can mail it to 725 Granite. Of course, if you have the app, our church app, which I hope everybody does by now, um, you can give right through that. You can do all sorts of things right through that. You can get to all the messages. You can get to the calendar. That's an important one. You can even get to the bulletin. So if you're not here or you're like, I don't need a paper bulletin, you can grab it on our app. Please get on the app if you have questions about that. We are here to answer your questions. I may not be able to answer those questions, but I can refer you to John, and, and uh, you can bring me the spiritual questions. Well, I might, might not be able to answer those either. Bring me, the, bring me the fishing questions. I could probably answer those. So we love questions, um, all of those things. You guys ready to get rolling? This message today, I alluded to it last week. I said this is a, a vitally important message, and I, I still believe that. Um, we're going to get into it, but I ask you guys to keep an open mind this morning. Um, we got people missing today that I wish were here. Um, Bruce, Bruce has got this wonderful analytical mind. It's, it's awesome, and he's very much a, well, let's just do this. He said, well, well, if this message is what people need to hear, we'll just make a list of people that weren't here, and we'll make them a DVD, and we'll send it to them in the mail. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. We can say get online and, and look at them, but that doesn't mean everybody will get online. But maybe if we actually send a DVD and put it in their hands, they will watch it. We would hope. Let's pray about that, and let's, let's hope. Let's pray for this service, Father. Lord, once again, we thank you that you allow us to be here this morning. And Lord God, that you have given us a passion and a heart with an understanding of why it's important to be in church, Lord Jesus, especially here on this Sunday morning, Lord God, we ask that you provide us with revelation, Lord God, that you, um, clarification, conviction, Lord God, do all of those things. We're, we're seeking that, we're wanting that, we're welcoming that. Lord God, reveal in our lives those things that are that are just not righteous, 
that are not upstanding to you so that we can, with your help, begin to deal with those. And Lord God, continue to put people on our hearts. Lord God, there's a multitude of people that know about you, but have decided there's more important things to do than come to church on Sunday morning. There's a multitude of people who don't know about you and don't understand what church is truly about. So continue to put those people upon our heart. Lord, your mode is prayer, and prayer is powerful, and prayer breaks through areas that seem impossible. So Lord God, we trust in your mode. We trust in your way. Holy Spirit, give me everything to say today. If it ain't from you, take it out of my mouth. I don't want it. I only want what you have for me and for me to pass on. And Holy Spirit, once again, I ask that nobody leave this building today the same way that they walk in. Lord, I truly believe that you will answer those prayers if we, all, if we align our heart with you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And once again, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Quick drink. I'm telling you that worship. Woo! Now, you guys were loud during worship, right? Don't get all quiet on me now. It's not like the adult or the parent walked in the room and all the teenagers have to stop talking. You guys, you guys can be loud. You guys can, can give feedback. I want to take a look real quick this morning, just a brief look of where we've been over the last, oh gosh, half a year, um, which is really easy to wrap up because we spent a long time in our series on the book of 1 John. And in this series, we, we were able to really dig deep into the scriptures verse by verse and, and really the, the basis of, of who Jesus is and why having a relationship with him is so, so important and how we live it out, um, really how we live a life out as a born-again Christ follower. But within that series... We also gained a greater understanding as to why sound doctrine is so vitally important. And I hope you're all sitting there going, that's right. That's right. Sound doctrine is, is vitally important. And why we must guard ourselves and be alert to the, to the false teachings and the imposters that try to infiltrate our churches. And actually, um, I have all 29 parts of that series reorganized. Um, they've been edited because sometimes my punctuation and grammar is, is, is not where it could be. Um, so it's organized, it's edited. I got all 29 parts. If you would like those, let me know. I can send them to you in, ele in an electronic file. There's just so many. If I start running copies, there's a ton of them. But if there's enough people that say, man, that was good information, I would just love to have that in a, in a form, a book form or something, we could probably, Bruce knows how to print that into a book form and all that. So let me know if you want any of that. After we finished that uh, series, Amy and I left for a couple weeks, um, and that was a good pause. It was a good break for me. And then the, then, the, then that first Sunday we got back, we, uh, we had a message entitled, The View From Here Is. And we talked about the importance of having a biblical worldview, something that is, is rapidly disappearing even within our churches, right? Even within our own pastors. They're kind of taking, turning their back on this biblical worldview and they're embracing culture for whatever reason. And that's a dangerous place to, to put yourself in. That's a dangerous church to attend. And then two weeks ago, we talked about being uniquely purposed and how God has made you. He has made you like no other and giving you a, a specific purpose for such a time as this. That was a great message. I got a lot of good feedback with that because sometimes we just need to hear that, that God has uniquely purposed each one of us. And isn't it wonderful to know that you are unique? Right? Turn to the person next to you and say, oh, buddy, you are unique. But God makes this unique in a wonderful and beautiful way. And on top of that, he gives us purpose. Purpose is something that is lacking in so many people's lives. They are going through the day-to-day-to-day -to -day -to -day grind, and, and they just feel like a robot. They don't feel like they have any true purpose. But God says, no, no, I have allotted you purpose. I have spoken you into existence 
with purpose. Before the beginning of the universe, I purposed you for something specific. What a wonderful feeling. What a wonderful way to go through life. And then finally, last week, we looked at this idea that God, before we were even conceived, wired us in such a way to bring him glory. Now, sometimes, unfortunately, the talents and the, and the, and the traits that he has given us to do great things, they get messed up by sin. Unfortunately, a lot of people allow them to continue to be messed up with sin in this sinful world. But it's when Christ redeems us that we can now take those tools and those talents and those wonderful traits and combine with our past experiences, bad experiences, hurts, mistakes, we can then put them to use for the kingdom. How liberating is that to know that though we have screwed up in our past, God doesn't hold us to those standards. Amen. He uses that very thing to bring him glory. Now that doesn't mean we go up and out and say, hey man, I grew up pretty good. I was pretty, pretty clean liver. Maybe I should do something so I have a better story. That's kind of the wrong way to look at it. There's testimony in all of our past. There's testimony in all of our story. So that's really where we've been. And it really comes together and it brings us to today. See, these past messages, they've really been intended for each one of you personally. And I hope you sat in here and, and you allowed that to affect you personally. Because sometimes we can sit in church and when we hear something really convicting, our elbow starts doing something really funny. It starts jabbing the person next to us. Hey, did you hear that? I think pastor was speaking to you. Um, that's kind of the wrong way to look at things when we're in church. That's deflecting conviction, right? It's like, oh, I'll just deflect that, like put up a mirror and shoot it over here. We don't want to do those things because when conviction comes, it's intended for us. It's intended for our well-being, our health, our freedom. So these past messages have really been intended to be personal, to challenge you. Um, through the Holy Spirit, right, to be completed and to gain a deeper understanding of your faith. And in so doing, to act upon those things, right? It's all about action. Now today I want to take all that we have learned and hopefully are engaged in, right? We're allowing that in, we're thinking about it, we're processing it, we're putting it into practice. I want to take all of that and I want to zoom out just a little bit. As last week was, was about yourself, your past, and how you are unique individually wired in a beautiful, beautiful way. Today, today is about relationship dynamics. That sounds pretty psychological, right? Relationship dynamics. But today, primarily, we want to look at the, the relationship dynamics pertaining to God. That would be us and God to church, us and church, and, and our personal lives, us and our personal lives. So today we're going to start backwards, and then we're going to work forward, and then we'll pull it all together. Um, before we get started, let's just clarify our title just a little bit, because when we throw up or we put out definitions, some people's definition could be very different than maybe the context I want to see that definition in. So let's just get on the same Page here. Um, these are two terms we're going to use, and this is how we will use them. Number one is to fabricate. To fabricate is to devise or invent, to fake or forge. We are talking about something that, that we create for a purpose that we determine that may simply be a reflection of something else. Right, It could be uh, most likely when you um, fabricate something, it's, a, it's somewhat of a counterfeit, right? You see something and you say, man, I could make that on my own. A lot of us guys will go into the garage and try to do just that instead of paying that extra $2. And then it winds up costing us like $48.50 by the time we're done because, because we're trying to fabricate something that was already established. 
Now, in our personal lives, in our church lives, in our relationship with God, we could try to fabricate things for many different reasons, and we'll, we'll, we'll look into that. But the second definition today is family. Family, a group of things related by common characteristics, all the descendants of a common ancestor. I think we, we marry those two together, and, and the visual of that is, is quite interesting and, and quite amazing. See, with family dynamics, instead of fabricating something, a family is something greater than the, than the singular me. Right? It's not all about me, it's about the family. And uh, a family is something that we're born into or that we become a part of, once again, much greater than just me. Two verses we need to keep in mind today. First verse is Proverbs 18.1. says this, He who willfully separates himself from God and man, seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. As we will see, a fabricated style of relationships most often and usually leads to separation. Now let's contrast that with Proverbs 19.20. Listen to counsel, receive instructions, and accept correction that you may be wise in the time to come. Well, that's not that fun of verse, is it? See, the family dynamic naturally brings accountability. So let's take these definitions and these verses and let's start with our personal life. I got a lot of questions to ask you guys today. And I, I don't need answers. You don't got to shout out answers to these questions. I just have, I have these questions. I want you to take them. I want you to think about them. I want you to ask yourself these questions. Question number one. Within your relationships, do they tend to be more fabricated or are they more like family? I will say this. The culture of fabricated relationships has grown exponentially with the in introduction of, of social media platforms. Would you agree or disagree? Agree? Anybody in here want to disagree with that one? I, I, I don't think so. I think fabricated relationships have been around forever, but I think they got their voice amplified a lot with things like Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and MySpace and and who has a MySpace page? Nobody in here still has a MySpace page. That's pretty good. We're we're a we're a current church. Oh people oh old people are on Facebook. Haven't you heard? Facebook is for the, the boomers, the old people, all the young people are on on uh, Snapchat and Instagram. See the ability for people to create relationships that are based on their own terms. What that actually does is it builds these walls, these fences that guide others only into those really safe and pleasant spaces that that, that, that person that's fabricating these things wants, wants anybody to go. See, I can fabricate my relationship in a way that it's all surface. It's, it's no depth, and it paints me not with reality and truth, but rather how I want others to see me. Look at, look at the pictures people put on their Facebook profiles, right? <laughs> it's just them doing these crazy adventurous things or in their, they're on the beach and all this, and, it, and it's painting them in, oh, look at the smile. And, um, there's a lot of people, it's like, oh, I gotta get the right lighting, and I gotta pose, but I gotta make it look like it's just a random snapshot. And, and they're trying to guide people and say, oh, wow, that person's just so spontaneous, and, and we are led to believe that is how that person actually is. That's their true personality. See, those around me see only the things that I allow them to see, right? They only see me how I want them to see me. Now, I would ask, is that healthy? Is that beneficial? A relationship based out of a family perspective, on the other hand, is deep. It's intimate. It's revealing. 
It's even painful at times, and yet it's revitalizing. Proverbs 27, 9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad. So does the sweetness of a friend's counsel that comes from the heart. I mean, you guys know that the sweetness of a friend's counsel that comes from the heart is not always easy. Not always painless, is it? Because truth is not always easy. And truth is not always painless. But oil and perfume make the heart glad. Though it may be sticky at first, when you come through that, it's liberating. And it's much better. See, family allows truth to be spoken and accepted in love. A fabricated relationship, it has no structure. It has no structure to support truth because there is an absence of true love. And that can be on either end, right? If I fabricate my relationships, I can shut the doors off. Remember, I, I've created the wall. I can guide them. I want to keep them as far away from true love as possible because deep down we know true love brings truth. So I, I keep people away. And, and then when we have fabricated relationships, that person on the other end, it's all fabricated. They're not going to open up. They're not going to share. They're not going to say the hard things. It's so very surface. As a result, words and actions, they become offensive. Everything's offensive nowadays, isn't it? If everything's offensive nowadays, what does that say about our relationships? More like a family or more like fabricated? See, it is then that relationships can be discarded very easily. Really easily to, to discard a, a shallow relationship because there's no roots. There's no depth. And I think we see that all over in this day and age. Oh, somebody offended me on Facebook. I'm going to unfriend them. All right? But we do that in all areas of our life as well. Another proverb, Proverbs 25, 19. Putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. Um, if you guys don't, Amy's probably smiling right now because if you guys don't know me, I'm okay with almost anything. Man, broken bones, gashes, cuts, it doesn't matter. I was an EMT, all that. But the one thing that I can't stand is anything teeth-related. <laughs> I don't like to go to the dentist because they're evil. Even if they go to church, I don't know how they balance that because they're evil. I don't like it when kids, my kids, other kids, hey, check this out, and they start wiggling their teeth. It's disgusting. It's terrible. It makes me hurt from the depths of my soul. So when I find a verse like this, put that verse back up. Putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. There's depth there, right? It hurts. It hurts. It's painful. So when we fabricate a relationship and then we try to put confidence in that unreliable person or that fabricated relationships in times of trouble, which times of trouble will always come along, it's painful, it's agonizing, and nothing good comes out of it. See, fabricated or fake relationships bring more problems. They bring more hurts and more pain because they lack the investment and depth that you find in a family. Each one of us needs true and authentic relationships in our personal life. Never settle for a substitute. All right, that's our personal lives, right? Now let's take a look at church. Uh-oh, we're going to look at you guys. We're going to look at right here this morning. We're going to look at church and our relationships within the body of Christ. Now I know people who say that they are okay with the idea of church but it is the application of this idea that trips them up. 
Because to be honest with you, the idea of church, it opens up a huge and nasty can of worms for many people. Why? Simple, because we all have our opinion, don't we? We have our opinion on what church should be and how it should look. How many of you are guilty of that in here today? Boy, we're going to have our altars are going to be loaded in a few minutes. When I say, have you ever lied in church? And I'm going to expect everybody to be at the altars. Because here's the deal. We all have our opinions on what church should look like. We have our opinions on what church should run like. We have our opinions on where church should be located. Why, why is it that we have so many denominations that we now have to have non-denominational churches, right? You ever, you ever wonder that? Well, that's because people have different opinions on what church should be or should not be. For example, that church, oh, that church, that church full, it's full of hypocrites. Amen. That church is too casual. Well, that church, that church is too big. No, 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 that church, that church is too small. Well, did you hear about that one church? That church will let anyone in. Oh, you go to that church, that church that plays the music too loud? Oh, gosh, that's the wealthy church. That over there, that's the wealthy church. Oh, over there, oh, no, that's the poor church over there. Well, that church is just not very friendly. And that's a shame right there. But on the flip side of that, well, that church is too friendly. Right? And we get that one way more often. Right? <laughs> Your church is really friendly. Is that a good thing? No, it's a great thing. It's just a little overwhelming. It's like, hey, that's, that's, that's good. That church offended me. What offended you? Could be a multitude of things. And on and on and on. See, when we, when we fabricate in our minds what a church should look like, what we find is that we like to jump churches, right? right? It's the flavor of the month, right? Oh, oh I'll, I'll go to this church for a while. Oh, but then, um, yeah, maybe the message was a little too convicting. Maybe it wasn't convicting enough. Maybe the people were too friendly. Maybe they weren't friendly enough. Maybe they wanted to absorb me in and really start to minister to me. That freaked me out. Maybe I sat on the back row for a whole month and nobody ever introduced themselves to me, even though I had walls up, even though I had a scowl on my face. They didn't come and seek me out. See, there's all these different reasons when I have a fabricated notion and opinion what church should look like, and then that causes me to say, well, I'll just go to a different church next month. Oh, and then the next month I'll go to a different church. See, that's fabrication. That is not family. And I'll say this, this is done without even realizing it. And most people are trying to find the perfect church that they have fabricated in their own mind and then use this as an excuse as to why they don't regularly attend church. Ouch! See why I invited everybody here this morning? <laughs> Come on, we just want to preach this to everybody. See why we want to give everybody a DVD? Right? Because our fabrication leads to excuses. But our family leads to a desire to be here. People want to be here when it's a family. Man, that worship this morning was awesome. Man, I wanted it. There's nowhere else I want to be. I want to be in worship with you guys. I want to be... I'm going to take communion with you guys later. This is where I want to be. You are my family. See, the problem is, is the perfect church doesn't exist, especially if it is the church you have manufactured or fabricated in your own mind. By default, that means, well, that ain't a perfect church. 
Because only one person can establish the true church, the right church, and that's Jesus himself. So instead of looking for a church that meets your fabricated standards, maybe you should find a church that is biblically based upon God's standards. Those are very different standards. God's standard, it has a lot to do with truth and love and family. (laughs) But then again, if you found a church like that, you you might actually be compelled to go there (laughs) and to plant yourself there and to stay there and to actually show up there on time. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't they say preach into the choir on that one? Didn't that the, the, the terminology on that one? Look at Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Let us seize and hold tightly to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. I'm telling you, the day of Christ's return is approaching. We're closer now than ever before, right? That's that's an easy statement to say. But here's the deal. We need to understand these things. We need to seize them. We need to lay hold tightly of our confession of hope and not waver in that. You know the best way to do that? That is to get together on a weekly basis, to come together, to be edified by those brothers and sisters in Christ, to worship together, to speak, to give hugs, handshakes, encouraging words. It's a wonderful thing. And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds. See, we come in here, we may be dragging, we may have totally screwed up, but somebody in here is going to say, you're going to get through this. Jesus loves you. Hey, let's go pray. Oh, you've never prayed with the prayer team back? Hey, come on, let's go. I'll walk with you. You tell them, we'll all pray together. It's going to be wonderful. What an incredible place. Like I said, the world doesn't understand it, so they try to dismiss it. But we understand it. That's right. So how could we ever dismiss it? How could we ever want to avoid it? Do not forsake our meeting together. This is straight. From the Bible, do not forsake meeting together, worshiping, and for instruction, as is the habit of some, right? It's a habit to some to say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, but it's my habit not to go to church. Oh, I'm a Christian, but it's my habit not to have a family. Oh, I go to, I believe in Jesus, but it, it's a habit not to have that fellowship. That's a habit you need to break. See, it's God's idea. It's God's plan that we regularly attend church. And not only that, that we become a part of a church family. That's God's plan. It's his body, right? Jesus' picture of his church isn't like, oh, well, there's a kidney over there by himself. Because he doesn't really want to be by anybody else. Oh, and, and the heart is over there. Um, and the heart is, it, of all things, the foot. They get along really good. They kind of have their own clique over there. And, and oh, oh, there's ten groups over here, one for each finger. But they're all alone, right? Jesus doesn't look at, at his body in, in terms of that. He looks at his body as complete, together working as one, knit together, unique in each one of its abilities, but as one. That's God's idea of church and a church family. Flip that side. Look at this. In his wisdom and his concern, born out of his love for us, he knows that it is good and healthy for us when we are plugged in 
to his family. How many of you guys believe that? How many of you guys have experienced that? Because sometimes we have to experience that before we can truly believe it. See, the issue with church is the same issue in our personal lives. If we allow people in, if we allow people to truly see us for who we are, all of our mistakes, we all have those, right? All of our missteps, all of our messiness, they would probably kick us to the curb if they really knew. In a fabricated church, yeah, probably so. Probably so, and maybe you guys have experienced that. But not in a family. A family walks together. A family prays together. A, a, a family celebrates together, right? But a family also hurts together. But most of all, a family bands together. And I'm telling you, we are living in a day and age where the people of God, the believers of Jesus Christ, need to be banding together. Amen, Amen. brother. Because we need, we need it. We need it. There's a full-on, 100% all-out attack against us. It's going on right now. It's not something coming. It's happening right now. There is strength in numbers. God knew that. That's why God, his idea is the church, the body that functions as a family. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. And if one member suffers, all the parts share in the suffering. If one member is honored, all rejoice with it. This is the family structure that the church is to follow. Here we go with another question that I have to ask. Do you keep people here at church at arm's length because of a fabricated mindset that you have created? I can't answer that for you. Will you have the boldness and the nerve to ask yourself that question and answer that question? How about this? We could, we could throw this on too. Is there past hurts in your life? Are you holding unforgiveness against somebody in this church or, or, or for church in general? that is being governed by a fabricated mindset? Or have you released that and said, man, this hurts, but my family will get through this, and we'll get through this together? So are you keeping people at arm's length because of a fabricated mindset? Or do you embrace this family as the family it is. This last week for me has been busy. I had a busy week. I had a memorial service on Monday. Well, I had Sunday, memorial service Monday. Friday I had a wedding rehearsal. Saturday I had a wedding. And Sunday I'm here with you guys. You know why that is beautiful and important and good? Because all of those things attest to the family of God, right? In a fabricated church, we could say, oh, you know what, we don't really do that here. Or, or we have criteria over here that you fall outside of. So we can't do that here. But a, but a church mentality that is family-focused said, hey, we'll help. We'll help in times of mourning and crisis. We'll help in times of joy. We want to do that. So we need to get a, a, away from ourselves and our perception or fabrication of what we think church should look like and simply relax and jump in the pool. Man, some people swim better than others. Some people need floaties. Some people even pee in the pool. But what we need to do is say, you know, this is my pool. This is our pool. We're going to all jump in together. And despite the mistakes that we make, which we will, and, and all the, the quirks, and all the faults, even the disagreements, just like all families are bound to have, are the benefits of being a part of a family greater than being apart 
from a family? Bottom line, you need to be a part of a church family. You just need to. I don't care what mistakes or bad, bad ideas or hurts you've had in the past. You need to be a part of a church family. And, and there's so much great stuff that happens within that family. See, see, see within that, there are going to be times in your life where you're going to be in need. And in those times, you need to have the humility to receive. And at other times, there's going to be times where you have abundance in your life. And in, and in those times, you need to give. One of those ways is something that we're starting here. And we're going to start a food bank. And this food bank is going to be for our church family. Right? Do we care about the public? Absolutely. Is there opportunities for the public? Absolutely. That's why we participate in the food drive for Salvation Army. We, we give them money every month to help the community. But, but there's something about our church family with the economic craziness that's going on right now. Man, you've got to admit, it's inflation and, and the cost of food and everything. So, so we had a very wise... Um, I'm, I was going to say elderly, but, but he's not that elderly. Gray. He's gray. Wisdom comes with, with gray. He had the idea. He just said, hey, what if we did a food bank for the church and we just stockpiled dry goods? And people that are in need, they get it. And people who are not in need, give it. It's not a grocery store. It's for people that are truly in need. So, so I'll speak a lot about that more in the upcoming months, but that's something that we're going to start. That's part of being a church family. We help one another in times of need, right? We accept that help in times of need, in humility, and we give in times of need. And we're really good at that as a church family. We have all sorts of examples about that. So let's quickly look at our relationship with God, right? This idea of fabricated or family as it pertains to our relationship with, with God. Um, many new and immature Christians make their fundamental mistake of trying to fabricate their perception of who God is and how he should manifest himself. This is to not... <clears throat> Everybody has different spots on the life cycle of their faith journey, right? Not everybody is mature. Yeah, that would be terrible if we had a church that only had mature believers. We want all, we want the full spectrum. But when we come to Jesus, sometimes, a lot of the time, we, we do make this, this fundamental mistake, and, and we try to fabricate who God is, because we all of a sudden know everything, right? And this sounds kind of crazy, however, you can quickly pick up on this mindset when you listen and you hear phrases like, well, I see God as. Fabricated, right? Oh, you see God as that. Oh, well, the Bible's wrong. You're right. You fabricated that. that. How about, I, I think God would. To me, this scripture says or means dangerous territory right there, right? Because a true relationship with God brings the understanding that the formation and strength of the family is his idea and his biblical principle. So it's coming together with sound scripture, listening and applying that sound scripture, and that helps keep us from going off the reservation in our own fabricated mindsets of who God is and how he should treat me. See, within the family there is a hierarchy. There is an order and there is structure. It's when I move away from my fabricated idea of who God is, I can now accept who I am in God. And comes maturity within that. See, he becomes my father who loves me, 
who cares for me, who guides me, and yes, who disciplines me. His word, his word right here, it becomes my guide. And it is here that I seek his truth. When I'm a born again believer, I am adopted into his family. And in humility, I am grateful. Galatians 4, 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, a bondservant, but a son. And if a son, then also an heir through the gracious act of God, through Christ. Relationship dynamics based upon the family structure is God's plan. Our personal relationships, it's for our church relationships, and it's especially for our relationships with God himself. To dig deep within yourself, to evaluate where you are in any of these three areas or all of them, that, that can be hard. And I would say that most of the time, people fabricate their life and their relationships outside of church, in church, even with God, and in such a way as to protect themselves, to protect against embarrassment or a lack of self-esteem or past hurts or current sins or pain, all of which are driven by fear. Now, some of you are sitting there going, well, yeah, you'll argue with me. You just say, that's human nature. It's human nature to do those things. And, and our human nature has a loud voice in our life, doesn't it? But here's the thing. Human nature flows from and is based on our sin nature. And sin nature is propagated and governed by the ruler of this world. And that's our enemy, Satan. And Satan's goal is to deceive us and to isolate us from others, from church, but chiefly and ultimately from God. So hear me. Hear me when I say this. Being alone or isolated is not biblical. And it is not God's will for your life, despite any of your past. God's will for your life is companionship with Him, companionship with others, and to be plugged in to a church family. See, fabricated relationships, they're easy because they mean you don't have, you don't have any commitment. You don't have any commitment to a fabricated relationship, and a lack of commitment will ultimately lead to isolation. As a Christian, our relationships, they're the structure. And the quality of our relationships are based on and flow from our foundational relationship with Christ himself. Now that does not mean that you have to be a, a Christian to come to this church. Because sometimes you come to this church and you know nothing about Jesus. It's just a safe space to come into, right? And then after you're here a while, belonging comes before believing, but believing eventually comes, right? So it's this safe space where you can come in because it's a family atmosphere. And, and even the term safe space, man, that's been perverted into all sorts of weird things. Oh, yeah. Because now we talk about, oh, this is a safe space, when in reality it's a safe space that you may live in your misguided thoughts and your sin, Whereas this is a safe space where you can come in and be accepted in a family atmosphere, but to be spoken truth in love as to why what you're doing is wrong and how Jesus can set you free and make you healthy from that, right? So churches truly should be the ultimate safe space. So today, as we take a closer look at our relationship dynamics, take a look at the fruit that's in your life. Matthew 12, 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is recognized and judged by its fruit. Take a look at your own fruit. 
judge your own fruit. Here's another great one from, from Proverbs 20.11. Even a boy is known and distinguished by his acts, whether his conduct is pure and right. My desire here today is that, that you leave here knowing that the family of God, this, this family right here, look around, this family right here wants you and this family needs you. And we live in a, in a time where this world wants to chew you up. It wants to spit you out. And it, and it wants to light you on fire. More now than ever do we need a family. Not a family based on biologic blood. But rather a family established on the blood of Christ. Amen. And just a reminder, or, or for some of the newer people... The mission statement of this church here at Bridge, connect with God, connect with others, connect others with God. Tell me, that doesn't speak to a family structure, right? My desire for each one of you is that you truly can come here on a Sunday morning and connect with God. I want that so much through worship, through word, through all of those things. And I want you to be able to to, to be reinforced here so that throughout the week you can, you can stay connected with God. And, and, and I also want you to be able to connect with others. Because again, it's not a church if it's disjointed. It's just a bunch of people that happen to be at a certain place at the same time. That's not connection. And that's not family. But when we get this idea of connecting with God and we connect with others, how can we not have a desire to connect others with God. Because once again, though they don't understand us and try to dismiss us, deep down within them, they have a longing to be a part of this family. Worship team, if you guys want to come up here. Last week, we did communion, and I told you, if you were here, I told you, man, I'm sitting on the front row, and I'm like, okay, God, how do you want me to do communion today? And, and then it reflected in the message, and it was very much, make communion today about each person and God, right? It was a, I'm not going to say it was a selfish way to do communion, because it wasn't, but it was a very um, purposed way to do communion. It was about you and God, man. You were having God time, just you and Him alone. Well, all that made sense at that same time because he said, hey, you're going to do communion two Sundays in a row. First communion is about that person and me. The second communion is about the church family and me. So today as we do communion, and how many of you guys are in here going, wait a second, we, we never do communion two Sundays in a row. <laughs> that's not on the schedule. I would say that's your fabricated mindset of how a church should look. Right. Because we'll do communion whenever we see fit, and we won't do it just because it's a certain Sunday of the month, right? Amen. Because we want to get away from all of that stuff. But today, today is all about communion and celebrating the family and the church, right? Who's the head of our family? Christ. He's our protector. He's our provider. He guides us in all things. He gives His Holy Spirit to convene with us and be with us. And it's Christ's desire that the church look a whole lot more like a family than anything else. So today, as we get our elements, hold them, right? We're going to take it together like always. And again, our only thing here at this church is that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's no fabricated things like you got to be this or that or the other. No. You just got to be a part of Christ. So that, that's, our, uh, that's our requirements here at, at, at this church. And as you come forward, we're going to sing this powerful song again. And, and I, want, I want your soul in your spirit to be singing this song, right, as you're coming up to get this. But you know what else? I want this to be the noisiest communion that I've ever been a part of. And you know why I want it to be noisy? Because I want you guys to be talking to each other, to be encouraging one another, to just simply say, man, I'm glad you're here. You're a part of this family. 
Don't ever think anything else. I want you to be convening with each other all the while in your spirit you're worshiping God. It's going to come together and it's going to be beautiful. Don't just take your communion and, and file back to your seat and isolate everybody because you've got a scowl on your face. Open yourself up. If you guys want to hang out right here as a family, hang out right here as a family. If you and, and somebody close to you just, man, you got to reconnect. Take this time to reconnect. All the while we're letting God just pour down His beautiful anointing and abundance upon this relationship that we call family. You want to tell me that there's people that would call Bridge their church that don't need to hear this message? We needed every seat filled today. And if everybody who called Bridge, their church came, we'd be breaking out chairs. But there's a disconnect. There's a fabrication. There's something that's keeping them from saying, no, I'm going to fully and wholeheartedly jump into this thing called church, especially for such a time as this. So while we're doing all of this, you guys know people who aren't here. Pray for them. I mean, you guys can multitask and no man raised their hands. Right? But guys, even you, I'm going to ask you guys to multitask. Worship. Worship Jesus in spirit, man. Worship Him. Look at these people. Connect with them. Love on them. Yes, get the kids. Thank you, Dave. Love on these people that are here. Pray for those people that aren't here. That's multitasking. It's beautiful. The Holy Spirit will equip us to do that. You know what else that is? You know what I just described? Connecting with God. Connecting with others and connecting others with God. You're going to do it all this morning during this beautiful thing that we call communion. So as the, the song starts, you guys just take your time. Love on each other. Come up. Receive your elements. Hold them until you get back to your seats. Amen? Amen. Has everybody received their elements? Everybody who wants? God? Awesome. Had a couple interesting comments. I always get interesting comments through the line. And, and I will say this. If this is not um, what you're used to when it comes to communion, maybe you ought to get used to it. Because I think the biblical example of communion is reverence, connection with God. But it's... It's edification of the body, right? How awesome. I love it that you guys were noisy. And I had another comment. It's a great comment. I wish I could be in church seven days a week. I wish I could experience this seven days a week. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That's why I love mission trips. Because every morning of the mission trip is church. You do church every single morning. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. And it's God's plan. Well, Paul says this in, in 1 Corinthians, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now remember, this was on the night of his betrayal. In hours, he was, he was at the Garden of Gethsemane pleading, fighting for us, really taking sin upon himself. And then he was betrayed, he was crucified, he was killed, he was laid in a tomb. So some people can look at this scripture and they can look at communion and say, oh my gosh, how tragic that this had to happen. But as true born-again believers, we can look beyond that and we can say how beautiful that this did happen. Communion is all about a celebration, isn't it? We celebrate our redemption. We celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We celebrate that, that though his body was broken, we can have healing through him. We celebrate that though his blood was shed, it, it ushered in the new covenant. We're no longer under the law. 
under the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ to have a personal relationship with him until his return. What a beautiful statement that is. Will his church be ready for his return? A lot of that has to do with the family structure of church. Take your bread. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that your plan is so beautiful, so complete, so perfect. Jesus, we thank you that your body was broken for us. That nothing stopped you from going to the cross. In fact, it was your love that compelled you to the cross. Jesus, we thank you for everything that you have done for us. Go ahead and take your breath. And likewise, Jesus, we thank you that you ushered in with your bloodshed, the new covenant. Lord, we thank you so much that we were born in this day and age into the new covenant where we can have a personal relationship with you that overflows into our personal relationship with others, that your idea is the church and you, being the head of the church, be glorified. We await your return. We long for it. But until that day comes, let us serve you in spirit and in truth and in unity. Go ahead and take your juice. All these things come together, Lord, in a beautiful orchestra of your will and your way. So, Lord God, I pray a blessing on each person in here today. Let us not scatter quickly, but let us edify the body by glorifying your name. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. You guys are dismissed to love on one another. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.